This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. If Jesse and I sound like we're dragging a little bit this morning, it's because we're dragging this morning. We are. It was, I don't even know the word to say for last night. Eventful feels kind of wrong because there were catastrophic tornadoes. It's very rare, especially for this time of year. December, tornadoes in December, but they were in, I think, five different states. Yes. Start out in Arkansas. Went up to Kentucky, Illinois, Missouri. So we were kind of more on the tail end of it. So we had, I think, about four hours almost of warning, knowing that these storms were coming, mm-hmm. and then at least two hours of knowing that they were very severe storms. And so it's hard to kind of go back to sleep when you know that you're seeing these pictures online and on the TV of the damage that is being done and there's multiple tornadoes. And um, then we ended up sleeping in the basement, which Kirsten was not a fan of. And so she did not get much sleep last night. So, you know, I was thinking though this morning about how last night in the middle of the night, I just wanted to go crawl back into my bed have Kirsten go to sleep and just be able to get some sleep. But then thinking of all the families who lost their homes, lost loved ones, and it just kind of changes your perspective Mm -hmm. on things. But yes, so that was our night last night. And I feel like that, you know, just thinking of putting things in perspective and just what really matters is 
kind of a good foundation for what we're going to be talking about today on the podcast. This is our last podcast of 2021 because we're going to be taking two weeks off. And then we have a very exciting podcast that you will not want to miss the first week of January. But today we're going to be talking about what we learned in 2021. It was a big year. And you and I both kind of separately thought about this the last few days. And then I asked you right before we started recording, you know, what your thoughts were. And we had very similar thoughts. I feel like God has had us both on this journey mm-hmm. together. So we're going to discuss that. But before we get into that, let's talk about what's saving our life. Well, I was thinking in light of last night, um, I have a couple apps on my phone. Well, one is just the actual iPhone itself. They have storm alerts that wake you up. And then I also have another app called Storm Shield. Storm Shield. I have too many apps on there. I do. It, See, I only have a few apps, so I can remember the apps that I have. I have rotated through so many weather apps on my phone. So this one is Storm Shield, and it you have to give it permission to track your location, and it will track your location no matter where you're at and give you different alerts for while you're traveling. Because I was thinking last night, um, there's the long track tornado that started in Missouri and went through uh, Kentucky, and it was crossing about where we would drive on 24 uh, coming back and from Kansas to Tennessee, from Kansas to Tennessee. And there's a section of highway there where it is single lane and they stop traffic and they only let one lane go through. At least that's how it was when we were, were driving out to Kansas because of construction. And that is a prime area for Serious damage because, mm-hmm. and, and you're just, you're literally sitting ducks. But if you had an app like this, you'd be able to say, oh, wait a minute, it's dark. I'm driving. There's a tornado warning uh, in the area where I'm going through. I need to get off. It has come in handy a couple times. Well, and that Storm Shield app worked last night for mm-hmm. sure because. We had been watching the radar, watching the radar, watching the radar, and then it was just getting later and later and later, and nothing was happening in our area, and you and I both dozed off, Mm -hmm. and then the loud alert went off, and it gave us some warning to be able to get down to the basement before the storm hit here, so definitely worked last night. Well, mine (laughs) that I'm going to bring is a little bit different um, than, I don't know, these heavy topics, and that is... Oh, I didn't even mean to say it like that. Skinny dipped cashews. I said heavy topics and I'm saying skinny dipped cashews. But there was this deal for them on Amazon. I'd never even heard of them before. And um, someone on my team found this deal, posted it on moneysavingmom.com. And I was like, those look really good. And it was such a great deal. So I bought some and Jesse, you agree. They are delicious. Yeah, they're good. And so... Um, great for snack. They are fairly healthful. I mean, they're not, you know, the perfect nuts and vegetables. How, how can you go wrong? <laughs> nuts and vegetables. Yeah. What's, what's the vegetable? Chocolate. Oh yes, that's right. Chocolate is chocolate is our favorite vegetable, <laughs> but they are like the ingredients. They don't have a lot of 
things that you can't pronounce or anything and stuff. And they're just really good, kind of addictive, but they're not heavy and they're not too sweet. Yes. And kind of just that perfect, sweet, Mm -hmm. salty treat. And so we will link to those in the show notes. I was thinking that might be a great last minute gift idea for someone because it is really yummy and really practical too. Books this week. Jesse, you said you do not have a book update for us. Correct. But I have a book update. It's a book that I have been reading for months and I finally finished it. And I feel very accomplished because not only did I read it, not listen to it, but it is an old reprint book. And so I'm kind of out of the genre of what I usually read, but it's one that my parents actually gave me for my birthday in 2020. And it's one that my mom had read and really, really loved. And so they gave it to me and it's called The Mystery of Providence. I think you pronounce the author's name, John Flavel, and it's old. And so some of the language in it is not, you have to kind of decipher what is trying to be said because it is an old reprint and we don't talk like that anymore. I don't know what year it was actually written. I'm not sure because it doesn't say that, but... um, Is that a reprint? It's a reprint. Um, It says John Flavel was... um, lived from 1627 to 1691. He was an English Presbyterian clergyman, Puritan, and author. So it's it's a, it's a an old book. Obviously, I mean, at least how many years old? I can't do the math really quickly, but I mean, it would have to be hundreds of years mm-hmm. old. And um, it's just all about God's providence in our life and looking for God's providence, seeing God's providence, and just how I think sometimes we go throughout our days and we miss out on seeing God's providence, his blessings, how he's working on our behalf. And this book just kind of continues to point back to that and remind us of that. And so um, I found it encouraging. Um, I didn't agree with everything theologically. And I also thought that some of the way things were written could really throw some people off just because it would feel, I guess, very politically incorrect or something, how it was written just because of the way that they talked mm-hmm. <laughs> hundreds of years ago. But it was good to kind of stretch my mind and challenge myself to read something that was different than my usual reading. And it feels really good to have it finished, especially because I've just been reading one or two pages every day when I'm on the treadmill. And so it took me quite a while to get through it. So let's talk about what we learned in 2021. Jesse, it was a big year. It was a fast year too. I was just thinking it's flown by. Last December, we were in this transition period of um, we'd had Champ for eight, a little over eight months and he had reunified with his mom. And so we were grieving that loss and kind of trying to figure out, okay, what does this next year look like? And I know all of us were processing through that and kind of figuring out, okay, when it comes to foster care, what's the next step? And just wanting our hearts to be open, but yet also wanting to give our family time to grieve and process that and have that closure, which I think is really important. And so we went into 2021 kind of I feel like there was still a lot of grief that we were all experiencing because 
Champ had just gone back. And then also 2020 had just been a, a very monumental year with so much unexpected. And it just felt like you're just thinking, I don't even know how to prepare for this new year because I don't know what it's going to entail. And I think for the first time, really going into a year feeling like I can't set goals because I don't know what this year is going to hold. And 2020 looks so different than what any of us envisioned. And so I think that it was just that weird, but also that piece of, I'm just going to take one day at a time. And I just set a few goals and they were ones that I felt like were actually doable no matter what happened in the year. And one was that I was going to release my book. Love Centered Parenting came out in March and I was going to pick a new topic for my next book and have that nailed down by the end of the year. I didn't know that it was going to end up that I was going to be writing the bulk of that next book in 2021, which we'll talk about sometime at a later date, but I've been working hard behind the scenes on that. And and so I accomplished those two goals and it kind of, I'm thinking, you know, what did I learn from not setting multiple goals? Because usually I would set at least 12 goals. And, and what did I learn from that? And I think on the one hand, I learned that there, it was, it gave me freedom. It's okay to have seasons where you're not really goal driven and goal oriented. But I do feel like that lack of having more specific goals, especially usually on the blog every week, I would kind of say my goals for the week that would be connected with my yearly goals. And Mm -hmm. I'm kind of breaking those down into bite sized pieces. And I realized that I, didn't, I think not having that accountability every week, I do feel like there was some, a little bit of floundering for me and I feel like not as much focus. And so I'm trying to decide what I want to do in 2022, whether I want to go back to the weekly goals, whether I want to set yearly goals, still processing that and I'm mulling over that. But I do think it was good to have a breather year. I did set a goal that I was going to read, I think 150 books and I didn't, I didn't come even (laughs) close to that number. So I did learn from that, that in 2022, I'm going to set a much smaller reading goal and pick fewer books that I want to read. And hopefully maybe I will actually hit or, you know, uh, exceed that goal. We'll see. So those are just a few things I have more, but Jesse, I'd love to hear from you. You know, I was kind of in the same boat. I did not sit down in the end of 2020 and craft some goals for for this year or the yeah, end of 2020. And in a way, yeah, I think I feel along how you communicated that there's there's freedom in that. However, there is a lack, kind of a a lack of direction without it, mm-hmm. and. Um, I did do some things this year that were um, that were different that I would not have seen on the horizon had I set those goals. Mm-hmm. And we can uh, talk about that here in a little while, but it allowed me to kind of expand a little bit instead of just staying fo- uh, focused within the parameters of what those goals that were set. So 
it gives freedom in a couple different different areas. You know, part of me is wondering if for 2022, a smarter thing might be more like quarterly goals or even just, I don't know, I'm thinking out loud right now, but even just breaking it down to only weekly goals, something on a smaller scale, because I feel like there are a lot of unknowns Mm -hmm. in our family for 2022. We'll talk about some of that in the um, podcast in January, but then just you know, I feel like there's still a lot of unknowns in the world. And so I think that 2020 kind of taught us all that what we think life is going to look like can be completely upended. And so hold things loosely. I mean, in 2020, I'd set some travel goals that Mm -hmm. we were going to have quarterly and (laughs) that went out the window all year Mm -hmm. and for 2021 as well. So So you alluded to kind of some things that you learned or things that you did in Mm -hmm. 2021. You want to talk about that? Like what, what were some of your lessons and takeaways? So my, my two takeaways from 2021 that I came up with was do not be afraid to say yes. Mm. And also do not be afraid to try new things. Mm. And it's pushing you outside of your comfort zone. It's going to be, um, for both of those, but also, you know, conversely, I was just thinking that do not be afraid to say no as well, set parameters, set boundaries that allow you to, um, be focused and not over commit yourself. So how do you know the difference? Like you said, don't be afraid to say yes. Don't be afraid to say no. When I say, don't be afraid to say yes to something that is scary. Mm-hmm. that is new, kind of the same thing of trying something new, but I'm thinking say yes to something that is asked of you that seems scary. Don't be afraid to say no when people are asking too much of you mm-hmm. and put those boundaries in place. One of the things that I have on my list is I feel like 2021 was a lot of listening to the Holy Spirit. And that's something that I really have just learned and grown in in my life in the last few years. I had Jeannie Cunyon on the podcast and we talked about her book, Don't Miss Out, and just what it looks like to walk in that daily understanding, that hourly understanding of having God's Spirit in you as a child of God and listening to His voice. And I think that a lot of what you're talking about of, you know, don't be afraid to say yes, don't be afraid to say no. I have been learning this year of what that looks like. And a lot of times it is, you know, in the moment of there's an opportunity presented. And instead of just going ahead with what feels right or what I want, or, oh, that scares me. That feels too big. That feels too overwhelming. So it's an automatic no to stop and really cry out to the Lord and say, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? Mm -hmm. And really take the time to have the quiet and the space to look to him and listen for his leading. And I know for both of us, you know, a big part of our story this year was saying yes to baby D. And Mm -hmm. I remember that day we got that phone call. It actually started with a text and you were in Florida and I was just right before my book launch. It was a week before my book launch. Both of the girls were in Florida as well. And, Um, 
I was already just feeling stretched very thin. There was so much media going on that week, so many different things that had to happen. And we get this text and, you know, there's a little boy, he's eight months old. He has Down syndrome. He has cleft lip. Are we interested? And just you and I only having a short little window of time to talk on the phone and to decide, okay, should we say, yes, we're interested. And both of us having that peace in our heart. And I think it was just really looking to the Lord and saying, okay, God, what do you want? Instead of what feels smart or, you know, what would people say is the wise thing to do, but really, God, what are you calling us to? And then getting that call at, I think it was about 930 at night and them saying, you know, we can't find a home for him. Um, You all expressed interest. Are you still willing? And um, then finding out he had a G-tube, which we didn't know and knowing I had no idea how to feed a child through a G-tube. I'd never had any experience with that. And finding out just some more medical things when they told us on the phone. And again, only having a short little window of time. I think we had about two minutes that I was able to get a hold of you and you had a little break in what you were doing, chaperoning the school trip for us to talk. And I just remember you having that confident yes. And I just knew, like I knew deep down in my heart, it was a yes. And when you just said yes, I just knew, okay, God, I can trust you with this. And, you know, calling back and saying yes, and him showing up in the middle of the night and all these medical supplies coming with him and um, just him being completely lethargic and so tiny. You know, I was picturing an eight month old, not this almost newborn because he was so malnourished. And quickly realizing he has cleft palate too, and he has a lot of medical needs and he's not in good shape. And you being in Florida and me needing the very next morning to go, you know, to the Dave Ramsey studios to do this video interview with Christy Wright and then having so many other things planned that week um, that I couldn't cancel because they were for a book launch and just having to trust God for the next step. And I'm, you know, not here to say, I just had this courage and confidence that, you know, it's all going to be okay. I mean, it was scary. I remember that night and I remember laying in bed. I couldn't sleep. And all I could think is, God, I don't think I can do this. This is too overwhelming. This is too much. I, I didn't know he was in such bad shape. I don't know how to care for a child who's in such bad shape. I don't even know how I'm going to get up in the morning and hook his G-tube up. Um, they didn't teach me that because you know, the person who dropped him off really didn't know. And um, he has supposedly all these specialists and a surgery. And I don't know any Doctor's of the details. The next week or next yes. week. No, it was the next day. Like they didn't have any of that information. And just that, but being, just remembering again and again, your confident yes. And just thinking, okay, God. And I could just tell you story after story, after story, after story of the next three weeks and how God showed up and was so faithful and carried us through so much. But I think the lesson in that for me was listening to his voice and then knowing with confidence, even when I was incredibly scared, he has called me to this. He will give me what I need, not for next week, not for the end of the day. He will give me what I need for this next hour, this next minute. And he was so 
faithful. And I think it just was such a faith building experience for both of us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to look back, you and I have been talking about this a lot recently. He is just the greatest gift to our home. His smiles, his giggles, the progress that he is making, just his kisses. He's always just pulling our face to him and just wanting to kiss us and hug us and snuggle with us and smile at us and talk to us. And I just look back and I think I was so scared. And this thing that scared me so much turned out to be one of the greatest blessings in our family. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, just 2021, that was, it was that journey of trusting God for my daily bread, trusting God for today and saying, God, I cannot do this in my own strength. I'm not enough in my own strength, but you've called me to this and I trust you for this. And seeing him show up in such faithful, amazing ways over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I was thinking it was very overwhelming. It was very overwhelming at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And to see this little boy that couldn't was not responsive, was not interactive, honestly, his face was a turnoff mm-hmm. because of the, the cleft lip. I'd never seen a cleft lip mm-hmm. before he came into our house. Mm-hmm. And his was very it severe. It was bad. And yet, to see, you can see... The progress that he's made, we got the cleft lip fixed, started getting better, making progress, and eventually getting the, the cleft palate fixed. And just seeing God's hand in the progress. I mean, the doctors are amazed at how well he's doing. Mm-hmm. And being able to be by his side when he's going through that, it's been beautiful. Mm-hmm. And seeing God's hand of faithfulness carrying us through. so. Not only has baby D's face and conditions been repaired, but our hearts have been repaired as well. Mm-hmm. And there's been amazing surgery been done on our hearts to bring us to that point. I think as I was reflecting back on this year, you know, his life and what he has brought to our home has changed all of us, like you said, in such profound ways. And I just look back to that, you know, the, that two minute phone call. And you're confident, yes, and how God has used that to have such a ripple effect in so many, many, many areas. And I feel like for years and years to come. And so as we reflect on 2021, you know, just the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, and that daily, hourly leaning in to his spirit, listening to his spirit. And like you said, being wise in what he's calling us to say yes to, what he's calling us to say no to, and trusting him that if he calls us to something, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but that he is going to equip us to walk through it. And he's going to be faithful through it. And we're going to look back and see his goodness and his faithfulness in such profound ways. Thank you so much for joining us this entire year. So many of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, and we are just grateful for each and every one of you. 
As always, we welcome your feedback. We love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you learned in 2021. You can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com if you'd like to talk back to us in any way. And I just wanted to mention again that we're going to take the next two weeks off, but we will be back the very first week in January. You do not want to miss that podcast episode. I'm not going to tell you any more about that, but I'm just going to say it's one that we've been waiting to get to share with you for a number of weeks. We're really, really excited about it. Don't miss it. Have a great Christmas and New Year's, and we'll see you back in January. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 